0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: It is 8:14. Some rain later on today, lingering tomorrow. Then it turns cold. Highs in the 40s tomorrow, 50s on Sunday. Then it warms throughout next week. The Je- governor Jeff Landry's issued his special call. His call for a special session to deal with crime, uh, and I gave my opinion on item number. Um, I don't have the number in front of me here, but it was about the so-called constitutional carry, a permitless concealed carry of a weapon. Item 18, authorize the carrying of concealed weapons by certain persons without the necessity of obtaining a permit. And I'm getting a lot of texts from people that are agreeing with me that are gun owners. I have a concealed carry permit, and I know what I learned going through the course and what I had to demonstrate uh, proficiency-wise with the gun, which was minimal, and to think that anybody can buy a gun and just carry it concealed with no training, no nothing, to me, is nuts. Mandy Landry joins us now, Louisiana State Representative. Good morning, Mandy. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. You doing all right? How's Mardi Gras? Yeah,
2: Oh my goodness, I'm still tired.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was
2: fun. Short week, but we're all tired, one. isn't
1: something? It was a fun one. It was. Let's talk about this uh, special call um, on crime. I may as well start where I brought it up with the permitless concealed carry, and I'm getting a lot of texts from people that are gun owners that agree with me that this this is just nonsense. Thoughts?
2: Yes, I mean I've been working on gun safety issues the whole time I've been there. And that is the point where we all agree: is you need to know how to use a gun, how to store it, um, just how to deal with it if you're going to have one. And allowing people to buy one and just throw it in their purse or under their shirt with or no knowledge—yeah,
1: no, under their hip—that's yeah, right, anywhere, I anywhere. See what you're saying, under and their they shirt, might shoot yeah. themselves. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, it's just crazy. It's, it's bad gun ownership as well. And you know, we fought it off for the last four years. Um, with the help, actually, of sheriffs and law enforcement, which is an interesting uh, duo. But I don't know if we're going to be able to do it this year. Well, I
1: talked to Kirk Talbot just now. I don't know if you are listening. He said he thinks it passes easily. So
2: I think it passes. Um, I don't know if the sheriffs and, and uh, chiefs of police will be able to hold a coalition together like they have the last few years. And we know this governor... Well, I mean, highly unlikely to veto it.
1: And so. if they want to, if it's in the call, I don't know why he would if he puts it in the call, right?
2: Yep. Yep. They still need 70. Um, you know, they should have it. They have, what, 73 for your listeners. You need 70 votes to override a governor if, if you wanted to. Um, you know, they might lose a couple. There are a handful of Republicans who are not so... Uh, Second Amendment friendly, I guess you could say, but I think
1: it should pass your rights. And to me, this has nothing to do, just my opinion, with the Second Amendment. This is crazy. This is just about public safety. And then, you know, I saw a tweet from the state police as we talk about Mardi Gras when you came on, you know, talking about all the guns they took off the street. And I'd like to know how many of those guns (laughs) would still be on the street if— this law had been in effect, where you wouldn't have needed a permit to carry concealed. Now, I understand that the same laws will apply with convicted felons not being able to own a gun, et cetera, but I don't know, Mandy. I don't know. Tell me about some other things in the in the special call that have your attention.
2: Well, I think something that people need to understand going on going into it is there's nothing in there that is, you know, in a short term going to stop crime or deter crime. It's full of a lot of uh, higher punishment, you know, keeping people uh, in jail longer, increasing some penalties. But there's nothing in there, aside from state police being here now, that is going to deter any crime. And I think that's sort of a selling a false uh, bill of goods to the public who thinks we're going in there to, you know, become crime stoppers ourselves, and that's not what it's going to
1: do. What ideally would you see like to see done – to fix the crime situation that we have in New Orleans. That is getting better as of late, uh, at least the violent crime situation. What would you mm-hmm. prefer to see? What are your, some of your ideas?
2: So One thing, people to accept that crime isn't just, you know, something you can put a little bow on and fix. It's, it's, a, it's a larger issue, you know, housing, um, education for, for children to make sure they, they stay on the right track. But there's a lot we can do in the shorter term. There are programs out there that um, keep juveniles out. The recidiv- recidivism rate is low. We have, for example, DNA backlog testing that could help us catch a bunch of bad guys. There are models called community p- policing that I've had a lot of people um, in law enforcement talk about. They don't have enough people right now. Um, drug courts, expanding them. There, there are a lot of things that we can do and we can expand upon um, instead of just you know, keeping a 60-year-old in um, jail longer and refusing him parole.
1: Wait, let me talk about um, the juvenile justice system, and, and I mentioned this to Kirk, and Pat Connick and I have had numerous conversations. I don't think anybody wants uh, an 18-year-old stone-cold killer, I hope I don't offend anybody by using that, that you know killed three people and, and is doing juvenile mm-hmm. life and is now 20 years old and a full-grown adult. Housed in a juvenile facility because it doesn't do the fellow the fellow juveniles any good that are there for legit juvie offenses, right? And it doesn't do the mm-hmm. public any good. I know Sharon Hewitt has worked on on maybe doing some different things with tears in the juvenile justice system. Your thoughts on all of that, Mandy?
2: I think she's she's right, and it and it recognizes that uh, a 13 year old should not be anywhere near a 17 or 18 year old. But a 17-year-old shouldn't be in prison next to a full-grown man either. Um, there there are differences there from a, a young teen and a preteen to an older teen to an adult. So I think I think she's on the right track with that. Everything costs more money. But, you know, look how expensive it is when we lose someone, when we lose the kid to the system forever instead of getting them back on track. The younger they are, the easier it is for us to get them back on track and get them – uh, to becoming you know, productive members of society. All
1: right, let me take a break. I want to come back, get your thoughts on other items in the call for the special session on crime. And I also want to talk to you about the governor and this EBT program, because it just seems to me, uh, from what I know, you're turning down $71 million and you put up $7 million and you feed hungry kids. And it seems like politics are getting in the way of feeding hungry kids. And look, I- I'm— fiscally conservative i don't want everybody to get anything for free if they can work but when it comes to keeping kids hungry for political points i got beef with that we'll talk about that as well when we return 821 traffic now wwl call
2: from mom answer it call silenced
0: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: A twenty-six, Tommy Tucker, WWL. Somebody texted and said, Tommy, you're not, you're a... Uh... You seem to be uh, reflecting the voice of the community by, immunity by not letting untrained people carry concealed weapons and not wanting kids to starve. Well, I don't feel as though I'm way out on a limb on that. It seems like common sense, but I guess everybody's entitled to their opinion. Mandy Landry is our guest, Louisiana State Representative. Um, Mandy, when it comes to this EBT program, I don't see it <laughs> any way other than the governor making trying to, to um, restore or, or strengthen his conservative bona fides across the nation at the expense of hungry kids. Am I missing something here with the EBT program or not? Walk me through this.
2: It it seems to be uh, purely political. For anyone who doesn't understand, there are a lot of kids in our state, I I mean our state has one of the highest poverty levels, who are on uh, free or reduced breakfast and lunch at school, and there are actually some schools that 100% of the kids get it. Well, they realize that, um, and the reason we do that is because a kid is not going to learn when they're starving in the morning and they realize that when the kids were home for the summer they were missing meals because they weren't eating at school so this program gives forty dollars a month per kid it's not a lot of money but it's designed to help the parents of of these kids who are who are living in some dire circumstances to make sure they have enough to eat for the summer and it's a it's a uh, a program that it costs the state three million I say cost three million to set up and then we get seventy one million Dollars in food assistance, which goes to grousers when they see uh, your corner store everywhere that, that um, will feed the kids. And it feeds these kids when they're home for the summer. It seems like a no-brainer for everyone.
1: You know, th- this seems to me no different than you know, and I'll bring it up again. When Ida hit, I think, whatever storm it was, people were lined up for eight hours to get their 300 bucks from FEMA because they lost food in the freezer. And I asked, mm-hmm. well, why, why are you doing this? Do you really need the help? And they said, well, now it's my turn. Finally, I get to get something back. And, and it just seems to me that if, if you're going to wait in line for eight hours to get 300 bucks from FEMA because you lost a couple of roasts in your freezer, I don't see how you can deny hungry kids food because you can feel however you want about the parents. It's the kids that are hungry, correct?
2: Right. Yeah, and I've been getting, you know, snotty responses to me on Twitter, like, you shouldn't have kids if you can't see them. I mean, that's terrible. Kids don't don't have to be born. They don't choose their parents, and dire things happen. I mean, people lose their jobs. People get sick. I mean, this is a little bit of money that goes towards making sure these kids who live in dire circumstances are taken care of. And to your point about the 300, look, that's just where I'm going to differ, and you're going to differ with some people out there who, um, you know, think taxes is this one-for-one ratio. It's not. These programs are there for when we need them, for example. And if WWL went out of business tomorrow and you found yourself unable to find a job, it would be uh, – unemployment would be there if you needed it. What have you heard? What have I heard about the program?
1: No, about WWL. I'm just – no. <laughs> I I'm think you're kidding. fine. No.
2: But you know what? Strange things are happening. Lately. No, but let
1: me tell you, Mandy, actually um, – just as kids don't choose to be born poor, kids don't choose to be born to win a lottery and live in a in a, in a house where the parents take care of and feed them and everything else. So you, that's just yep. the card you dealt. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Mandy Landry, Louisiana State Representative. we come back. We're going to talk to Dr. Kevin Watson. Dr. Kevin Watson replaced my knee, uh, and he's with Orthopedic Associates of New Orleans. I wanted to have him on to talk about Dyson Daniels, 20-year-old defensive, uh, former number one pick of the Pelicans two years ago from Australia, if that helps you remember him. He's got a torn lateral meniscus. We're going to talk about treating his knee injury and treating knee injuries throughout, I guess, the, the aging population of wh- when it's time to have surgery, when it's time for rehab, what can they can do with replacements and so forth. Because I was talking to a lot of people during Mardi Gras that were having a lot of knee problems, and I thought, you know what? Let's talk to Dr. Watson about Dyson, Daniels, and more. So we will when we come back on WWL. Any questions, 504-260-1870. Right now, we pause for WWL First News.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours